0: Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, and you're listening to the CFI podcast by m0a.com where a good pilot is always learning. What's the best way to teach IFR instrument to a student? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of m0a.com, and you're listening to the CFI Certificated. Flight Instructor Podcast, brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. Thank you, by the way, for sending your students, your future students, um, our way. Just what an honor uh, and blessing it is to kind of mentor and foster them uh, into aviation. While you focus on the fun stuff, the flying stuff, we will take over the ground instruction as well and work through them um, on that basis. I want to talk to you today about taking on, when you become, if you're not already, a CFII, and working with instrument students. I remember actually doing my CFII. It was really challenging. The school had just gotten these, um, um, well, I guess they hadn't just gotten them. I was just transitioning to them. And they, I was going to do my double eye in a, in a Cirrus because they weren't doing double eye in the 172s that I had started in. They had, they had acquired these Cirruses, and they had them for some time. And it was just my time. So, Jason, we're not doing double eye in the SNS anymore. We're switching to the Cirruses. Uh, all Avidyne, uh, I believe at the time, it was just the, the one I flew. was just an MFD, but they had both. Where it was an MFD and PFD a little bit later on in, um, in Cirrus history. But the point of telling you that is I remember doing my double eye. Loved flying the Cirrus. However, it was a right side stick, so I'm flying in the right seat. I am right-handed. You know, IFR flying is all about writing and taking down clearances. So I'm having to swap hands, fly with my left hand while I write on my kneeboard with my right hand. It was, it was interesting learning uh, to be a CF Double I back in the day. But it was a lot of fun. I actually ran into my Double eye instructor, either Sun and Fun or Oshkosh, uh, not too terribly long ago. Really, really uh, smart, smart. Uh guy still very involved in aviation. You know, where I'm taking this, and where I want you to go with this, is your students need real-world training. I don't know if you listen to each and every podcast we produce, but, you know, we produce the private, the instrument, and the commercial, three separate podcasts. In the private pot podcast this month, and in the instrument pot podcast this month, I was sharing how I want students to get more real-world flying experience. Remember, they need 50 hours of PIC cross-country time anyways. I want them to come to you with some of that, 20, 25, 30 hours, a little less than half, a little more than half, somewhere around there. But, I want you to do some of that cross-country time with them. Yes, you have your long instrument cross-country, and that's dual. But, there's other dual cross-countries. I just don't like when we go out and we do three approaches into our home airport and call it a day. Because, that's not real world. Remember, with with your private pilot students, you go out to the practice area, do steep turn, slow flight stalls, and you come back. And, that's just not, it has to be done. I'm not, I'm not saying that's wrong. It has to be done. What I'm saying is, we need to make things more real world, I guess is what I'm, is what I'm saying with that. I want you going places with them. I want you going out. And, let's say they have, um, they have family. Uh, they live in Florida, and their family lives in Georgia. Let's go fly up and get lunch with their family and do an IFR cross country up there because that's a real flight they're going to make. They're now comfortable on those airways with those controllers, flying to that airspace, flying that particular airport, they know where the FBO is. Like, you just help them immensely beyond what a book could ever teach them because, you help them see the real world applicability of not only what they're doing, but on a cross country they're realistically going to make. So I always ask my students, what are some IFR flights you are going to make? And then let's go do those together. And I love that, unless it's a true, like really, really far across the country. And I, I've taken students up to Oshkosh and stuff before, but they say that's something they want to do. It can all be done uh, if, you, if you budget uh, time appropriately. But I want your students to get the applicable real world training. And, also, I want to you, as the CFI need to get yourself, sorry, as the CFII, and to get yourself comfortable in the IFR environment. Too often, I find CFII's that shy away from actual conditions, flying an actual IFR, because they themselves are not comfortable in actual IFR. And, that's cool. I get it. I I, I applaud you for saying, hey, I'm not comfy in this, so I'm not going to take my student in this. I applaud you. However, that can happen once or twice. You then need to go find a CFII to fly with so you can go get comfortable in actual IFR conditions. And then you can take your students in some basic actual IFR conditions and work your way back up to that. If you have the opportunity to take your students in actual, I believe it is nothing but a benefit. Because you and I know, from all your hours that you have now, there's such a difference between Under the Hood, or the Foggles, and real, actual IFR. I did my entire instrument without ever sticking my head in a cloud. How is that possible? How is that legal? It's simulated IFR that lets you do it. It just doesn't make sense. So you need to make sure you are comfortable in IFR conditions. I have a story and unfortunately it's it it, it has a good outcome but it's not it's not a humorous story. John, uh, who's uh, employee number one here at mzeroa.com, our director of video production, he's, he's uh, socially distanced himself in a room over here now, so if you're watching this on YouTube, you can't see him, but he's working very hard on this. Um, when John first moved here to take the job at mzeroa.com, he had a landlord, and when he shared with his landlord, uh, oh, I, I just moved to town for this job, we're an aviation company, and the landlord said, oh, I took one flight lesson once. Of course, when someone tells you, I took one flight lesson once and then quit, that's intriguing, so uh, John wanted to figure out why. So he shared the story that, he went out to take this flight lesson. And unfortunately, the flight school said, You need to buy this book, you need to buy this headset. They made him buy a Bose headset before his first lesson. Like you can you can tell the quality of the school right off the bat when they when they tell you that. So this guy, I mean, he had to spend two grand on this stuff. By the way, we later bought all these all, all the stuff that he had because he just wanted to get rid of it um, for pennies on the dollar. And for, I almost felt bad doing it, but he just wanted to get rid of it. So he went out there for his discovery flight, essentially. Here, buy a Bose headset for your discovery flight. Jeez. Anyways. Went out there for a Discovery flight, flew, and the weather just wasn't that great. And the CFI, uh, I don't know if it was a single I or a double I, but either way, wasn't very comfortable in instrument conditions. They took off on a day they shouldn't have for a Discovery flight. You know my rule. Discovery flight needs to be like clear, 10, smooth, gorgeous. I want everyone to have an amazing first flight in aviation. They took off on a terrible day. It was IFR, it was bumpy, it was low visibility, it was everything. It got to the point where John's landlord was looking at the instructor, and the instructor's now doing all the flying and and like sweating and freaking out. And as they're getting bumped around, yes, is is everything okay? And the the flight instructor literally told the Discovery Pilot student, John's landlord, you better make peace with your God. Uh, uh, (laughs) That's not something I want to hear in an airplane um, at all. They, again, I don't know the whole story. Uh, maybe John remembers, but they managed to save it um, and come around and shoot an approach and figure out how to shoot an approach and, uh, and get down safely. But that gentleman still to this day is not and will probably will never be a pilot because he got taken for the moment he walked in that place, making him buy all this stuff and then had that first experience on top of it. I share all that. Well, first off, because you know, please only take up students on a perfect discovery flight. But I share that to impress upon you that if that was a CFII, I can't recall the story, and I don't, we may not know that fact. Either way, he had an instrument rating to become a CFI, at least, wasn't comfortable in actual IFR conditions. Instructors. You need to get yourself comfortable in actual IFR conditions. It will take you very, very far. It will make you safer and smarter. It'll make your students safer and smarter as well. I encourage you to do just that. So, listen, help your students get some real-world training. Take them to places they're going to actually go, and please, legally, put their head in the clouds. Do it legally on an IFR flight plan, put their head in the clouds. Help them to see. You want to help your students set strong personal minimums? Put them in IFR conditions. They will set some strong personal minimums. You better believe they're not gonna do that without you there. Uh, Let them get a little off course and a little spatial disorientation set in before you save it. Don't let them fly the autopilot the whole time. Um, uh, Your students will thank you many, many years down the road for making them a safer pilot and pushing them beyond the ACS. Hey, thank you for what you do. It's not every instructor Uh, that listens to a podcast about how to be a better instructor. Uh, You are one of the few, and you should wear that uh, badge uh, as a badge of honor, truly, that you are investing in yourself, which means you're investing in your students and the future of aviation as well. If there is anything, anything at all, myself or this outstanding team here at M0A.com can do for you or your students, please, 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 don't hesitate to reach out. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a good day, guys. We'll see ya.